What's up, Internet? You're tuned into this week's episode of the Steam Deck Podcast, uh, Flip Screen Games' weekly podcast all about Valve's portable PC powerhouse, the Steam Deck. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. And joining us today from Overkill.WTF, Kevin Vummer. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, this has been a long time in the making. Uh, we were supposed to have you on uh, for last year's State of the Switch survey. And of course, you know, as these things sometimes do, uh, working across multiple time zones, we weren't able to sync it up, but we were able to do it for year two. Very excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Very excited to be here. Thankfully, you had Chris as a guest, who is like my uh, co-founder on Overkill. So at least he could step in and uh, talk to you. Yeah, and of course, you know, we love we love Chris, big big friend of the show. Um, you know, we've had him on uh, for the State of the Switch survey over on Nintendo Noise uh, several times in the past. And then, of course, uh, we are here today to talk about the State of the Steam Deck survey 2023, the second annual. And uh, Exactly. Very excited. So if, if you guys aren't familiar, if you've never tuned in to Nintendo Noise or you've, you know, not caught one of those episodes, uh, the State of the Steam Deck survey is a massive uh piece of data journalism all about our favorite portable pc powerhouse the steam deck and uh kevin has been nice enough to come and join us today to dive into all the data and pick apart some of the most interesting uh bits that have come out of it and these are these are some of my favorite episodes to do uh every year so i'm looking forward to uh jumping into it but before we do that kevin uh if folks you know missed the episode with chris if they're not familiar with overkill why don't you give them the ever elevator pitch about what you guys do Okay, so Overkill is a website I co-founded last year around August uh, together with Chris. Well, well, I started alone, then took Chris on as a team like one week in. And uh, it's uh, mostly a gaming publication that focuses on handheld devices. We started Steam Deck only. Then over time, we started talking about other devices like the ANEOS. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see them behind me. And then now slowly, we're also getting a little into retro, retro handhelds. So talk to me about your relationship with handhelds then. Are you, are you a, a long-time handheld gamer or is that your favorite way to play? I see you've got some of the art behind you that, you know, long-time viewers will know. I've got my deconstructed Game Boy. You've got it behind you too. Yeah, so actually I got into, this is an interesting story to me at least. I got into this whole stuff being a journalist, being a technology guy because of the PSP. I used to have a PSP, and for whatever the, for whatever reason, a lot of people in my hometown, I live in Luxembourg, so a lot of people in my hometown, which is a small country, 650,000 inhabitants, so a lot of people there also had a PSP, and I was basically the only one that learned how to hack the PSPs to then install like uh, custom firmware on them, uh, maybe sail the high seas back in the days when we were a teenager and didn't have mm -hmm. a lot of money uh, and install uh, homebrew software so to play emulators and all that, that. And so I had a lot of people that came to me uh, to basically me jailbreaking or me hacking their PSPs for them. And over time, this interest came into interest of the... Uh, the iPod Touch, the iPhone, that's when I started an Apple blog back in the days. And from there, I started journalism because of that website. And from there, I got on and on. So basically, the PSP was the first, but it was not my first handheld. My first handheld was a Game Boy, but the PSP was basically that opened up this interest to me of technology and journalism and all that. And so I find it interesting that I did a full loop back into creating <laughs> a website that's handheld based again, which is now the Steam Deck. It's funny because, you know, Steve and I have joked about this a little bit because um, I, I was a bit of a tinker with the PSP as well. And uh, 
I feel like it is such a full circle moment for you there because I feel like the PSP was in many ways the original Steam Deck. You know, yeah, like it was it so true, easy yeah. to hack. It was so there was so much like homebrew community there. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, for me, that was like the first one of the first MP3 players that I had. It was one of the first, you know, uh, definitely the first dedicated emulation device that I ever had anything like that. Yeah, it was the first time that I opened up like a console on any computer to just like install. What was it back then? I think one of the main ways that I did it was to flash uh, the firmware of a battery. So, which was basically the oh, uh, yeah, I had a spare one, yeah. battery, and the main developer was called Dark Alex, and uh, after that it became M thirty three, which was basically him, but under a pseudonym to run away from Sony or like hide from Sony. <laughs> so that was whole this whole thing. I think it, he was Spanish, so the battery hack was called something like Despertar de Cimitero. I butchered my Spanish. I speak Italian, but not Spanish. Uh, so yeah, it was like. A lot of the tinkering that we probably all do nowadays on the Steam Deck started on the PSP when I at least was a teenager. So yeah, full circle. Did you did you like jailbreak iPhones and things after that? Because for me, yeah. I remember the easiest hack was like you went to a website and you clicked in, it was like a buffer overflow, and then it would like install something on the PSP or it would install something on your home screen of your iPod, like you iPod touch, you'd get like um Cydia on there, for example. Yeah, this is uh, this... around with that. I, I actually that's how I got into the Apple uh, world is by there was a website a French website that I used to read that had the guides on how to hack a PSP then they launched a sister site how to hack iPhones and back then I was like I was a teen I was a, basically a child I had no allowance to buy an iPhone but I had enough to, I saved enough to buy an iPod touch and so I learned how to hack an iPod touch and this is how everything got started into the whole uh, <laughs> this is why I love tinkering with devices because of one random French website that I used to read back in the days so, and excuse me if you said this were you charging people for these PSP hacks because uh, no but been. I should have I should have that's how you could have gotten the iPhone <laughs> <laughs> You're like look gang I you know look you gotta support the endeavor so I can learn how to hack the next device that you buy <laughs> no, I should have. Now, uh, now I'm a much better businessman than back in the day. So, uh, now I would have done that, but back in the back in the days, I didn't think about that. I was just of like, course. "Hey, I'm the cool guy. People come to me to uh, ask them to uh, hack their devices." Yeah, it's like the second or third time that happens, though. That's you got to start cashing in, you yeah. know. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk more about your history with handhelds on the back half of the show. Let's get into the uh, the state of the Steam Deck survey because uh, it is there's a lot of data here, and I, and I want to make sure we have time to get into it all. Uh, so to give people a quick breakdown, right, survey was open for uh, from the 5th of September until the 20th of September. So we had about, you know, two weeks there. And uh, we had about 50 questions about the Steam Deck, over 3,000, 3,150 to be specific people participated this year, which uh, I believe you said was, was what, about three times as many as last year, Three right? times of last year. Yeah, last year when, well, I keep saying it, we do it annually. It's the second year in a row, so technically I'm not lying. Uh, but it's yeah. It's legit last... now. Yeah, it's legit now. We had last year, I think we have 1,200. So it's basically three times that. But yeah, we basically tripled the amount of people that uh, participated. You love to see that. I mean, it speaks to the growing audience, right? Because yeah, when true. you guys launched yeah, it last year, it was still a pretty new product. You know, it was when we did it last year, it was mainly during the pre order phase where a lot of people. Uh, were like using this calculator on the subreddit to I ask them. I mean, Q2, Q3, Q4. And so this was at the end of Q3, beginning of Q4 that we did the survey. So a lot of people didn't even have that device. So obviously a lot of people couldn't participate because all the answers would have just been, I don't have one. I have no clue how it is. So yeah, 
Can't no, wait more. though. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that um, that I thought was interesting was that uh, you broke down the the demographics of the folks surveyed, right? So it was forty eight percent of uh, participants were in North America, which was six um, percent less than last year. So I guess speaking to the device starting to trickle out into more markets, or at least you know becoming more uh, more popular in other markets, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I remember last year it was even higher. Last year it was, was like mainly the US and then followed by Europe. And uh, so, yeah, you see that it's appearing worldwide now, in, even including uh, the whole deal uh, Valve has to sell in the, the, in the Asian countries. So uh, right. it's coming. Did you notice many people who, who bought them on the gray market when you looked at the data set? Because I, we've had a, we had someone write in um, last week who who picked one up in Australia on the grain market side of things. Um, did you notice that six percent was it mainly focused in Asia? Or was it kind of worldwide? It was a bit over worldwide. I think it was a it was not just Asia. It was a bit here and a bit there. So there was some grain market stuff there. I don't have the num the correct numbers how many were in Australia, but what I know is that one of the feedbacks we got is that one of the questions we have is, do you own a Steam Deck? And if you click no, I basically asked for some reasons possible reasons and one of the reasons i forgot to add because i just didn't think about it is uh, it's not available in my country which would have been for australia so yeah uh, there are definitely australian people that got in touch to say hey i don't have one because i can't get one so um, i sure would like to but <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so yeah, this I mean, is a percentage that um, we need to like look into ne more next year. But that was a that was a, it was a small percentage again. Six percent of total not being these countries basically means it's small. But it was a mix of Asian and uh, grey market. Yeah, I, was I mean, a I, I guess by... they're mainly coming from um, from Reddit, right? They're probably already invested in the Steam, but they probably already got one. It's probably the rare person like uh, Costa who wrote in the last like the week before last and was like i listened to the show and i don't have a steam deck and then you end up picking one up anyway yeah. um that probably read a subreddit that's about a device they don't own yeah it's funny because we definitely get a lot of those folks you know like i know many people in our in our discord right especially have mentioned like oh you know like i wanted a steam deck but i wasn't sure if i should get one and i wanted to listen to a podcast like where they talked about it or reviewed it or whatever and that's how i found you guys and you guys you know convinced me to to jump right I doubt that that is happening on the subreddit quite as much, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I did it. So I don't think so. I did it on separate as much. It was, I also had people that said uh, that were mostly on like on my socials where I then like link on different pieces where you then have people sure. like, hey, uh, I wasn't sure if I should get a Steam Deck. Now I have a Steam Deck. Now recommend me accessories. I'm like, okay, right. got you covered there too. I, mm -hmm. One of the things I did want to call out, I've got the graphic pulled up for the YouTube audience now. Um, and if you are an audio listener, this might be one worth uh, going and checking out on YouTube because I will be bringing up the graphics alongside us and everything. Um, I was kind of surprised by the number three response, right? Like you said, number for the main reason that folks don't own a Steam Deck, right? The number one was price, understandable, right? It's a big investment. Um, number two was not keen on first generation products. Also a common thread, like we have uh, a member of our Discord, Left Eye Lazy, who's written into the show a couple times being like, I really want a Steam Deck. I have the FOMO, but like, you know, should I wait for a revision? Should I wait for the next model? You know, whatever, whatever. Totally get that. The third one, though, I prefer other handhelds. I thought was interesting because it's like, well, how would you know if you don't own one? 
Yeah, that's like but you might own another handheld though, right? Like you maybe you did own a Steam Deck and sold it, or maybe you bought an ROG Ally and you're sure. just like okay. I don't need one of these. That's interesting. That's a, a thread. Uh, I that's like a thing I saw also like mostly on my socials, my followings. There are people that I know own Steam Decks, but they you mostly see them sharing pictures of their ROG allies. So I feel like there are people that actually switched over. What I found interesting about this question where I unfortunately didn't have more data to do the link is one other question I ask uh, later is how many other x86 handhelds do you own, which is then the AI news and so on. And that a percentage was quite small. So and it didn't completely overlap with the I prefer other handhelds to the x86. So my theory is that these are also a lot of switch owners, because the the percentage of people that own a Nintendo Switch and a Steam Deck, I think, is around like 60-70%. It's quite high. And that was also quite high last year. And that is like the second year in a row where I'm like, okay, people do own these two devices. So I wonder if the I prefer the handhelds was uh, alluding to the, the Switch in that case. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it makes sense when you think about the fact that like, if Chris is promoting this on his social media, there's probably people that go and fill out the state of Switch that went and filled this out, and maybe that's influencing that, yeah, that percentage a little that's bit. True. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like you said, right, the, the rest of the per, uh, participants, there was 41% in Europe with the remaining, um, you know, people being kind of scattered all over the rest of the world. Um, and then the predominant age group was 18 to 39, which is, I think, probably what I was expecting. Um yep, you know, it's like, I think that's probably like the average age demographic of most gamers. But like, I guess I was a little surprised that it didn't skew somewhat older. And I think it's probably just my own anecdotal evidence of how many dads there are in our Discord that own a Steam Deck, you know? <laughs> I actually could uh, pull up these numbers if you give me a second. Because yeah, though the demographic I think makes kind of sense. It's either the younger people that still have time to play everything they want, which, sure. well, I'm unfortunately not in that age group anymore. And uh, also like people that are basically just um, working and have the, the the revenue to actually buy these. But let me, if I look here live, I need just to find that it was. Um, so the next highest was actually 40 to 49. Uh, the next highest split. So the highest split, okay. of all, so basically the splits, how we had them is under 18, then 18 to 24, 24 to 29, 30 to 39, 40 to 49, and then 50 to 59. The highest split was actually 30 to 39, followed by 25 to 29, then 18 to 24, and then 40 to 49. So of all these okay. splits, sure. I can give you the numbers afterwards if you want to like at uh, these in the show notes but of all the splits the fourth highest was the 40 to 49 but the definitely highest one was 30 to 39 which had me surprised in the end because that is my age i don't know how old you guys are but that is like my yeah, age. We're both, uh, yeah we're both yeah. 30 exactly so that's my age i'm like i am surprised but then again it makes sense this is for people who don't have the time to maybe sit in front of the pc all time or who share a tv so exactly. they need something we've or they spent about... the years yeah yeah the sharing the tv is a big thing but i think it's also people who have spent years and years who maybe have built a pc library years ago and went yeah. away from pc gaming in their 20s when they were like building up their career and i want to get back to gaming and they're like i've got all these games true, i want to true. play them i don't want to sit at my desk all day long and and you kind of take them away with you 
I mean, anecdotally, every person I know that owns a Steam Deck is somebody who's like in their early to mid 30s. And the primary reason they got it is like, yeah, I mean, I love PC gaming or whatever. Or like, I've never gotten into PC gaming. It's one of those two types of people. And they're like, I want to be able to play these games on a handheld so that I can sit next to my partner while they're watching TV or whatever and be in the same space as them and not, you know, be holed up in my basement or my office or whatever you know, gaming the entire evening, right? And I can, you know, sit with them and we can have our parallel playtime, but I can still feel like I'm present in my home, right? And it's, you know, I think it makes I, sense I know that a lot people of in their 30s as are well. like that, right? Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of dads, a lot of parents who who want to play games and spend time with their kids, be in the presence, be there with them, and also want to be able to maybe play more violent stuff that they want on their TV when the kids are around. I've definitely heard that they can play that on their handheld or play it while their kids asleep with some headphones on or whatever. Um, what else really surprised you, Kevin? Like you mentioned that the the age split surprised you. Was there any other figure that came from the survey that you were shocked at? Well, shocked maybe is a strong word, but that was one that I didn't like. It, it's a very tiny thing. It's a tiny detail. But when I saw that, I was like, first of all, surprised because... I didn't think that anybody would think of that. So, th so there was. I asked people if they modified their Steam Deck, and 500 people said yes. So, which is about uh, a sixth uh, of the participants. And of these 500, only 50. But then again, of all these that modded, that's 10 percent. Told us they changed the thermal cooling on their Steam Deck, and that had me surprised because I yeah. didn't know that was possible. I, I had that on my list, too, of just, like, it's surprising to me that it was that many people. Yeah, exactly. You know? Also, I, did, I this, to me, felt like it is, like, one or two did that because they're, like, hardcore gaming building people. But then, like, 10% of all these, that all the people that modified did that. That actually made me think, so maybe we need to ask something based on this question next year. Because for me, it, I and they all used, uh, I don't remember what it's called, cryo something? The cryo not. Cryobionauts. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody used that. So all the people... So this was a question where you could type in what exactly you did. Of all the 50 people that actually replied something, all used Cryonauts. I have never heard of them. It's very So I was very surprised. But I actually you had another one. Yeah, sorry. You mentioned... Uh, carry on. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned other questions you wanted to answer, so we can move on to that um, after... Yeah, one other thing that had me surprised, but that was more because of the demographic we uh, uh, we targeted. We posted this on the uh, Steam Deck subreddit, and the Steam Deck subreddit is like the Steam Deck subreddit. Mostly people I think would go to that website are fans. So maybe even to a point that you could call them maybe fanboys, so they are giving Steam Deck a chance where other people wouldn't. And and still 65% of people said that they feel at least somewhat limited by performance. That had me surprised because I didn't think that it would be more than half. I thought it was like, okay, maybe like some of the hardcore gamers that say like, okay, I yeah. play on a 4090 whatever uh, in my PC and they're like, I'm limited. I can't play uh, Starfield at... Uh, Mm -hmm. 144 fps uh, on my steam deck at ultra settings but i still was surprised that it's that high despite being mostly steam deck people yeah like you you had the um the overall satisfaction was listed as 8.94 out of 10 and like that's high don't get me wrong but yeah. like i was a little surprised because 
I don't know, like, again, for it being a enthusiast device and the vast majority of the uh, respondents coming from, as you pointed out, like the de facto place to go to talk about this device. I'm kind of surprised that there were that many people that, you know, that there was that much of a percentage of people that had gripes. I would have expected if you asked me to guess that it would be over nine. Oh, yeah. no, I would have thought it would have been less than that, especially considering you know, almost half of people said they wanted like a, a better screen and a bigger battery. That's and I think true. those are the two things that that everyone has mentioned about the Steam Deck is like, yeah. it needs a better screen. It needs a bigger battery. Performance is one thing. But when I look at other devices like an ROG Ally, yeah, maybe you can eke a bit more performance out there, but it suffers with the battery. It's a different compromise that you're making. I think that's probably the reason why the satisfaction is still high, even though the majority of people are somewhat dissatisfied with the performance that comes out of the Steam Deck. Can I, uh, can I call out the two things I was most surprised by? So number one was over half of the participants owned a dedicated dock for Steam Deck. That surprised me. I would not have expected it to be over half. I think that's like, the, I think one thing that Valve did quite uh, intelligently, and then of course, uh, brands like, I have no clue how to actually pronounce them. G-Socks, J-Saw, J-Saw, J-Saw. J-Socks, yeah. We have no idea though. <laughs> I think what all these brands, including Valve, even though Valve is a bit more expensive, they all like jumped immediately on just like flushing the market with these dogs. And then you just feel like, yeah, I can't pick one up for 20, uh, 20 bucks. That's less than a game. So I'll just get one. So I feel like that's mostly that people just got one. I need, would have next year, I need to ask a question. Okay, you over half own one, but do you use it? Because I own... Okay, I also review them, but I own like six or seven docks, and I use none on my Steam Deck. Yeah, so, I, uh, I would be interested to see how often people are using it. Because, like, you did have the question about, like, um, usage for, like, hours per week and everything like that. But there was also, like, the where are you using it, right? Like, are you actually taking it yeah. out of the house? And um, I could see that being similarly uh, kind of weighted, I think, as, as that, that question. I was also a little uh, surprised. Well, I, I, hmm, maybe I'm too biased to actually say that I'm surprised, but I was a bit surprised by how high the commute, how many people take theirs on their commute, because I still find it quite large to be sitting on yeah. a train. Uh, in my whole time of Steam Deck existence, I saw one person in the train play uh, on a Steam Deck, and that had me very surprised. I have again, seen them twice in the wild, which floored me. The first time I was like, oh, cool. And then the next time I was like, what, really? A second person? Okay. Yeah. But then, then again, it's also more interesting because uh, basically nobody lives in Luxembourg where I live. So uh, the percentage of seeing one would be quite high. Yeah. So um, I know at least of three people that own one. So percentage wise, uh, a huge part of Luxembourg's population are Steam Deck owners. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing them in the train is actually um was surprising to me yeah was there anything else you were surprised by Pete? i was quite shocked by 55 percent of people using the trackpads because i kind it of assumed so that most people just discount no i thought most people just discounted them and were just like i'm not gonna play games with these things 
Oh, really? I you am on so? your side, by the way. I uh, thought the same thing. I thought people huh. would just... Yeah, I just use it to uh, install, uh, I don't know, Battle.net on the desktop or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's actually so funny. using to play. I'm so skewed, I guess, by, like, Steve being the person I talk to about it the most, and he uses it all the time. So I'm like, yeah, that's, like, half the people I know that own one, you know? Depends <laughs> on the game, though. Like, I'm not playing a first-person shooter with the trackpads, which I think sure. a lot of people probably are. It was people specifically talking about playing video games with them, right? It wasn't just yeah. navigating the internet. No, no, it was more than that. It was so uh, the question basically was do more than just navigate. And so they were playing video games. And I was surprising because I I think the only time I actually had to use the trackpad in a game was I don't remember what the game was called, but basically it's one where you play and think inside of a crater, inside of a moon, and you need to... Uh, something with oxygen in the name. I don't remember the full name. Mm -hmm. uh, but I... Because it's a game that you mostly play with a mouse, and I didn't like it... What it, uh, I didn't like how it felt on the Steam Deck with the trackpad, so I uh, asked Valve, can you give me a refund? Because I don't like to play this. So when the only experience I had with playing the trackpads, I didn't like it and asked for a refund. That's funny. Yeah, I, think I don't know. I've uh, used it a couple of times, like Aperture Desk Job, because it forces you to to use oh, yeah, it for true. a couple of things. And <laughs> then um, Stacklands, it didn't have it doesn't have controller support. It's just a keyboard. It's just a mouse game. Mm -hmm. You just move things around. But then I realized like I could just dragon. use my finger on the screen, so That's I was I just do. using that instead. It's like That's I can't be bothered with these. Things. Also, the game is oxy oxygen not included. That's the game that I uh, that I uh, played. It's a good game, but I expected it to be something completely else. So in the end, I had to accept, accept that I, that's not for me. Not on the Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. So one of the other ones, um, you asked like things that surprised me, Steve. Uh, and again, I think this is me showing my, my bias, right? But um, finding out that the 64 gigabyte deck was the most popular option this year, I was like, really? And I, then I think that's by the fact that 60 like the 64 gigabyte option 357 people just upgraded it to a terabyte that's right? what i was gonna say um, right because i well, wrote in my notes i was like oh at first i was like oh i wonder if that speaks to like more casual people trying to get into it and it's like no no no, it's actually the most hardcore people sussing out a deal you know and upgrading it to the terabyte option which good on them you know they're probably putting in that cooling paste while they're in there yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this was this kind of makes me, and I'm probably going ahead too much. Uh, this kind of makes me think: is the 64 gig version one that Valve should just like replace, but not like remove, keep the price point, but just go higher, and then maybe yeah. come a bit towards the the people that will upgrade them? Because if they would put in basically, let's say, okay, let's switch from 64 to 256, from 256 to 512, and from 512 from to one terabyte maybe that would be maybe that would actually give us better data and showing are people going for a deal because they say it's enough or are people going for a deal because they say i will upgrade this regardless so in the end yeah. they might pay more i kind of feel like they need to do that at some point with that top end model being the price point where seemingly every other manufacturer settled on this is going to be our base price we saw that with the rog ally we saw that with the legion go it's pretty much that same price point as the 512 model it, valve can't compete on power with those other devices but they could compete on storage and give you something more for your money that 512 model has never been compelling enough for me that screen change and the the slightly different case it's like that's not enough for me to make a jump but i'm also someone who 
will take the back off of mine. I've replaced my fan in there. I'll probably replace my SSD in there at some point. I'm not going to replace my thermal paste. I'm not bothering with that. I mean, like, historically, that's been the model that we've advocated for, right? Is that, like, the um, the middle unit is, like, we think... The, the 256 best. is the sweet spot, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the best value um, represented. And, like, to see that that was the, the decidedly the least popular unit was definitely surprising to me. Um, that's the one that we both own, you know? That was my question. I wanted to ask which one you got. I got the 512 back in the days. Then again, my website is called Overkill. So maybe that tells you a bit about <laughs> how I do these things. Uh, I think it was also, I think the 256, well, I, it's kind of like marketing and pricing strategy. You just put one in the middle and just think that people will go for the higher one always. So it's like yeah. an anchor price point. And I feel like this is like a, a good, if you give this to a business study or like a business university, they would say, oh yeah, it's, look, this is a good point of the anchor point. Uh, and people just go for the 512 or because it's a Tinkerous device, all for the 64 to upgrade them. Yeah, and then here Steve and I are in the middle. We did an hour-long discussion where we're like, here's why this middle one is actually the best deal. You're overpaying for this one. You're not getting enough value out of this one. and this is why, you know, and it's, yeah, I, I, it just speaks to, I think, how versatile the device is and the, that the, yeah. the options speak to a lot of different types of users, um, especially like to your point, like when you can crack it open and, and take it apart anyway. And Valve doesn't try to punish you for that either. Exactly. That's the, the part that makes it very interesting, unlike uh, hacking a, a switch where at the moment you go online, you basically got get banned. Your whole console yeah. gets banned. They're like, so, you yeah. are a uh, persona non grata, and we are sending the <laughs> Nintendo ninjas to come invade your home and wipe you out. More or less that. And so I'm very happy about Valve <laughs> just like saying, hey, uh, like early on, just the, the moment. So I am like very Apple fan, and we mostly know how Apple is about touching the opening the devices anything and when i saw back in the days valve collaborating with ifixit to actually give you guides on how to do all that stuff that was to me quite surprising because i'm not a hardcore linux user so this all this whole thing about everything being open is uh not foreign but it's uh, i'm unused to it mm -hmm. i i think um I think it's interesting that they've still not updated the guides on iFixit for the new revision and you still can't get the new fan parts. I don't really know why. I wonder if it's because that potential revision's incoming and they're just going to do everything then and do a refresh. Uh, but I've, I'm curious, have you ever done any mods on your Steam Deck? I So actually, I have a list of mods that I want to do, but I didn't get around to do them. I wanted to change the... Uh joysticks to a hold sensing uh, joysticks mm -hmm. when i met gully kids that's the company doing them at gamescom in cologne and so they basically just handed me a pair uh, i got a few of these custom buttons that have been created i forgot the name sorry uh by the guy who made them uh so i wanted to do some of these mods but not like hardcore more hardcore mods basically just open up switch two buttons which is very easy to do uh, i still rock the 512 uh, ssd which to me is enough because i have a one terabyte micro sd so yeah the, um like i have a skin on it does that count <laughs> i think i think it does i think because uh, I, I i'm not brave enough to put a skin on because i know as soon as i get a wrinkle in it i'm gonna want to peel the whole thing off yep so same i'm, I'm probably <laughs> more like to do a shell swap <laughs> I, I messed mine up. Uh, I have so I have the uh, D brand Tears of the Kingdom uh, fake uh, copy skin, which I love oh, nice. what it looks like. It looks fantastic, 
but I messed it up. So I have like a little wrinkle where you just see where I had, I pulled, basically the way vinyl works is as soon as you pull it, it's messed up. So I had to mm -hmm. cut it with a knife and then like stick on top of each other to make it kind of semi look good. But uh, yeah, it's killed oh me. Oh my God. I would, I would have picked the whole time. thing off by now, you know? Yeah, I would, I would, it would, it would drive me insane, absolutely insane. But I know you do, I know you do software mods because Kevin's the person who came up with the idea for the decky plugin I wrote many, many months ago to run a VPN on. <laughs> so, uh, have you done like I know a lot of people seem to do emulation. I was oh, surprised yeah. that the PS2 was the most popular, popular console. That didn't surprise on me. There. Yeah, Same. yeah. I would have assumed it was a Nintendo console. Just I don't know because of my experience as a person <laughs> i that was also surprising one to me uh, that surprised uh, chris as well uh, and basically told us maybe we should focus on that on overkill maybe put up a guide on how to actually do that properly uh, i actually thought it would be nintendo switch because that's what all, people always said it's like the switch pro it's uh, who needs a nintendo mm -hmm. switch when you have this device so i was surprised it's not the nintendo switch uh, so that had me very surprising. And I was also surprised that it's not like something like the Wii U and that basically everyone is playing a modded version of Breath of the Wild, which is what I do a lot. So, yeah. I mean, I was I was very unsurprised to see that the top three behind PlayStation were Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, and Game... Because I'm like, that's that was my the guess. I only like, thought of Game Boy, though, because they're so low-power things that yeah. I... That, that's not what I immediately went for when I got my oh. Steam Deck. It was... I, I want mean, to try out the chunky games that I can't play on anything else. Of course, but I think I think you are showing your um, bias as a yeah, a non, I don't like Pokemon. Not a Pokemon <laughs> fan, right? Which yeah. is like, ask any person that's ever used an emulator on their Android device or you know jailbroken an iPhone. And what what was the first game you emulated? And I guarantee you, it was Pokemon. Yeah, Emerald on the Game Boy Advance. Thank you very much, Kevin. That was uh, <laughs> that was also what I I uh, I believe it was. It was either Emerald or Fire Red. Leaf yeah. Red. So yeah, these two. Uh, so that, I, I was. That would have been my prediction, and the, oh. to see PS2, I, I wonder. I'm like, Simpsons hit and run. Is it? You know, it's like, is there some specific could be, game? Could be Tony Hawk. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah, one of the true. first games I, I went to do. Right, I was like, gotta play through Tony Hawk's Underground. That was, I think, the first game I played all the way through. Or the GTA PS2. collection, right? Well, they're all yeah. on the PS2. That's the only way you can play the originals, like with the original soundtracks and everything. Mm. And so, yeah, makes yeah, sense. I was not surprised by the Game Boy Advance. I was a little surprised by the Game Boy because I feel like maybe I'm too young for the Game Boy. Uh, I had the Game Boy. I had two Game Boys, but like the games that were on there, it's not like I, I, I need at least some color. Give me some color. So uh, I was surprised by the Game Boy still being that high. Then again, we kind of more or less not grouped them together, but they were kind of grouped together and also the way that were presented i was surprised how low the psp and the ps vita were for like uh psp fan and ps vita yeah. fan they were all they were all at the bottom um but i, I was not surprised by the sega systems i you know it's funny i i would have thought genesis would be higher just because like there's like sonic and like there there are like a few games like that but i guess there's so many other ways to play a lot of those games now that like yeah. the classics have been re-released in in great formats or whatever with the psp and vita like they don't i say this as somebody who owned both of those devices and loved both of those devices i don't necessarily think of them as having like the most memorable libraries oh you know, psp's like... got a killer library and and but i think a lot of people who love those consoles still have a vita 
and you can hack that thing so easily and you can download basically any game you want on it and it's emulates yeah. PSP so well that that's where I would go to play PSP if I would sure. I would get my OLED Vita out and I'd play it on there rather than playing it on the on the Steam Deck. I was devastated that the Dreamcast didn't make the list though. That was heartbreaking. Oh my god, yeah, it's not even yeah. on here. It was it was one yeah. of the first ones I I I downloaded. I was like, I want to play some Jet Set Radio, I want to play some Crazy Taxi. But I again, I feel like so many of those games have had releases on on other platforms. Like Crazy Taxi, maybe I don't know if there's a good I don't remember there being one where you still have all the offspring songs. But like, is that on GameCube? It might be because Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, like uh I saw I guess Soul Calibur, but like is anyone going back and playing the first one? They're trying to emulate Soul Calibur 2, let's be real. Um, you know, it's like I uh what's that one we always joke about, Steve? With the Seaman. Oh, Seaman never got re-released. Seaman never got re released. But again, yeah. it's like what what is the short list of of dreamcast games that you're trying to emulate that you can't emulate a re-released version that is more or less exactly yeah. the same for a long while i think it was shamu but that got re-released yeah years ago that's so a great example right like that whole but... trilogy's on yeah. modern consoles you know yeah well we forget the third one exists pete but it's fine i'm sorry i didn't mean to, i didn't mean to bring that up and hurt your feelings <laughs> <laughs> What about yeah. people doing other things on their Steam Deck? Because we've got not only installing from other stores, which I was surprised at, like Heroic is way up there with 1,311 so people. Much, so much more popular than I would have expected, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, like the fact that Heroic was number one and the second answer was no, I was like, oh my God, I, that really surprised me, you know? The idea that Heroic would be near the top was like, felt like a, foregone conclusion but i would have definitely assumed the number one answer was absolutely not i have not done that i wonder if it's uh because of all the free game epic just throws in your way um one thing when we did the heroic yeah. guides when we, when we did the heroic guide it was like one of the feedback is like yeah we do i i install the heroic because i want all the the, the free epic games that i just like collected over time and uh, now want to play on the steam deck so i, I think it's like mostly that it's just people installing heroic to play games they haven't bought which i mean like good on them but i guess it's just like i feel like there's so many people that are staunch steam people and they're like i don't yeah. want to mess with other launchers i yeah. want it on a steam release yeah i mean i, I... all right Pete, what about the seven people that don't own a steam game like what i don't that's <laughs> like what an interesting person like i would love to meet those seven people and have them on this podcast because like <laughs> Who are you? Who are you that you own a Steam Deck and you don't own a single Steam game? Well, I actually think these are people that don't own a Steam Deck that are probably of the I don't own a Steam Deck because they uh, still right, saw yeah, this yeah, question. Yeah. So the way the survey was done is you still saw a couple of questions that were more okay. general, like this one. Uh, and I think that these are just people that said, like, I am, I don't even know if they are interested. I feel like let's just presume my mother would have filled that out. She would have clicked this. But I know she didn't, so she's not in there. Uh, wow, but, mom. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> she, she didn't help. She doesn't support us. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes Just, aside. I'm sorry because, you know, I, I, I can relate to that, Kevin, because my dad doesn't listen to our podcast, but Steve's dad listens to our podcast enough for both of us. So, Hello. Mm -hmm. What's up, Andy? 
<laughs> no, but I think that it's actually people that responded to. Maybe they came from uh, Chris's uh, state of uh, switch survey sure. and then just like said, okay, I will complete this to help out, but I don't actually have games on Steam, which I believe means you don't have Steam because I think when you, if you have a Steam account, you over the I don't know how many years Steam exists. Steam at least once gave a free game here and there. Maybe like a Half-Life or an older Counter-Strike or something mm. like, or Portal. I, I think yeah. like most, all, I think all Valve games that I own, I have never purchased. I just got them from them because I bought like a Steam Link or a Steam Controller or something do you like that. Still, do you still need to own a game to buy a deck? No, not anymore. Because okay. my dad so, no. bought one without having a Steam account. He he created a Steam account just to buy a Steam Deck. So he would have been one of these people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we found one. Six more to go. <laughs> Six more to go. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been you saying for years the... I want to get him on the show, so that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be on a different show, and we'll do like gaming history with my dad, where we can talk about Pong. I we'll need have a to talk time. to your dad about the cassette shit that you told me about because, like, what? the Zenex Spectrum. Come on, yeah, that's not no, all. and like the fucking shit. There's this story, Kevin, that he's told me that I'm just I think is the most romantic thing I've ever heard, which is that when his parents were young, he would get these uh like computer magazines, and his uh, Steve's mother would read the code line by line, and he would be compiling the code <laughs> so they could play a game. And I think that is adorable. I love that. That is that fantastic. Story. That is it's amazing. That's a great story. <laughs> that is a modern love story. That is actually a great story. <laughs> you um, you mentioned the Steam link. I've got yeah. two questions. Do you still use that thing? I what don't do you... have mine anymore. So... What about the Steam controller? What... Uh, I, it's, it is behind me. <laughs> I... It is a paperweight. Yeah, it's a. I think I have a box here. I don't. I don't think you can read this, but this box basically just says controller, and there are just controllers like in there. Um, I have one. I didn't get it when I got it, like mentally. I didn't understand, like, okay, why? Now mm -hmm. that I have a Steam Deck, I'm like, please do a second one. I and know. Like, yes. I love it. So, it was so half-baked originally, but now it's like, goddamn, like, you can absolutely see how you just take the deck and, like, do the yeah. opposite of what PlayStation's doing with the portal yeah. <laughs> and just pull the screen out and make a big-ass controller. Like, give me a Duke-sized controller with the trackpads. I feel like that would be such a slam dunk. Yeah, I'd be totally on that. I've lately, uh, I've been playing a lot of um, basically streaming my PC to my TV and it's Windows. So I have like a, a couch keyboard, but I would just like couch keyboard just to click on an icon. So if I had like a controller that would or like with trackpads that would work better than the different uh, overlays that you can get where you can control with, with uh, joysticks, I would like totally buy that. So um uh, I didn't get it now, but now I really want one. I use mine all the time. Okay. For two purposes. One, I can turn the Steam Deck on from across the room with the Steam controller. Tough, tough to beat. So that's great. I yeah. just sometimes I just turn it on with that and then I'll use a, another controller if I because I don't want to play games with that. You sometimes... bought it on eBay too. It's so funny. <laughs> you basically bought it to be a remote. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I'll go. I'll, sometimes I'll I'll go into desktop mode and do stuff with it, and it's really handy for that. Like the two, the two finger like touch typing is so mm. good. I love that feature. You mentioned streaming to your um 
your PC to your TV. Yeah. 956 people on also did that with Moonlight, Steam Remote, PlayStation Remote Play. How many of those people who think use our uh, our tutorial, Steve? One hundred percent. Have you ever done any of that? Do you did you like fuck around with Moonlight or Chiaki or anything? Um, Moonlight was for a very long time uh, one way I played games that were just too powerful to play on the Steam Deck, or where I was, where I basically told myself I don't want to play a graphically downsized game. I want to play like the best I can currently get, even if it's just on that screen. So yeah, I did a lot of that. Uh, actually, have the one of the uh, Decky Loader plugins that integrates one-click button into the library. So they just click on that and then it streams automatically for Moonlight. I did that a lot. Though, now it, the Steam Deck is not the handheld I use for that type of streaming anymore. What handheld do you use? What's, your daily driver you mentioned is an Iron Neo, right? Yeah, my daily drive. Well, it, <laughs> I have multiple daily drivers because I have like a, modes for my different handhelds. Because of one, I bought most, a lot of them, not all of them. Some are review units, um, but I also like I bought them. Now I want to use them. So my streaming device, be it uh, in-home streaming or cloud streaming, is the ROG Ally, because I find the Steam Deck nowadays a tad too heavy. And because I can actually get to 144 hertz on that resolution if, if mm -hmm. I stream it over. So that's like the ROG Ally. Uh, the one I currently have the most with me is probably the, the ANEO R1S. It's also the one that is currently the closest. Just because it's that tiny. And it, this is technically just what the PS Vita or PSP was for me. Just emulation and a lot of indie games. Because it's that small and has an OLED screen. It's powerful so you can play your AAA games. And uh, then the one where I say, like, I want to play everything uh, or the most possible is the ANEO 2S. And I'm currently reviewing the Pocket Air, which is the Android one. But I have to admit that I don't get Android as a handheld uh, operating system. That Not that I, can't, I can't figure Android out at all, yeah. even That's when I use it on the new one, right? That's the new right? one, right? Uh, That's the new one, yeah. yeah. The, the Pocket Air. I'm low... Oh, okay, the Pocket Air. Yeah, I'm I'm like low key interested in getting one of those. I remember we talked about that a while ago, and we talked about like it would be nice to have a tiny device like that to just like kind of you know be able to put in a pocket or something like that because it fits in a pocket. I tested that. The, the one oh, okay, that's good to is know. It, it, <laughs> it's if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm showing this. Uh, it's like size wise uh, from the front. Uh, it's Kevin, the same. You... Can you pull them both in a little bit? We're kind of, we got your edges cut off here. You can like okay. put them, yeah, 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 like that's perfect. So uh, they are like size-wise the same, but the thickness is very different. So they are much thinner and uh, the Ooh. rest is, is the same. So I, when I hold this in my hand, I actually prefer what this feels like. So which one's hands. which? This is the Pocket Air, this is the Android one, which is the smaller okay. one. So I prefer what this feels in your hand because it's less thick, so it does it's lighter it doesn't feel as um clunky as this one which you actually can see that it's quite thick these are the these are the uh the, the grips mm -hmm. and then compared to that it has like a a visible difference we've actually got a little bit more the clearance behind it because yeah. of how thin it is in comparison but i guess because it's not x86 because it's a android device with yeah. like an arm processor and it's obviously not as capable exactly can you, can you reach out to ineo and get me one of these 
<laughs> I think I think Chris should reach out and get us all an Ionu coon for uh to, Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Kevin, can you hook us up? <laughs> you gotta get yeah. an Ionu we can talk to. I'm uh, still talking to Ionu to also get the coon, but I have to admit that I am a bit af afraid of the coon because of how freaking large it is. Massive, right? It's here's, massive. Here's the thing, Steve. Here's what I think we do. I think we go to Ionu. Kevin, you gotta get us a contact, right? We get our foot in the door through through Kevin. And we're gonna be like Kevin knows the CEO, didn't you interview him? Yeah. We, there you go. And here's the thing, Steve. I think we go to them and we're like, look, you know, we do the Steam Deck podcast. What if we launch the Ioneo podcast? You hook us up with some devices, you know, we'll bring okay, Kevin yeah. on, three of us, you know, we'll see what we can do. I'll send you a message on Discord afterwards. All right. There we go. We're in collusion. Uh, you're not, don't hear, you didn't hear that, Val. You didn't hear that. We're not launching the Ioneo show. Um, but I got to say, I, I definitely have thought about that guy um, a couple times since since it was announced because I feel like the idea of something like that would be nice. And I'm an Android user natively, so it'd be all right for me, I think. Okay, so you can technically uh, I could learn it, me. I think. Yeah, and teach me how to actually properly use God, uh, Android Fibrillation. What an incredible moment that would be for me to meet, for me to be the one to teach Steve how to use an operating system. <laughs> yeah, I, always... I just won't do it. I will not do it. I would much rather, like, install something on my iphone and use like a external controller than use an android but it's device. so cute you know what talking of which uh... <laughs> oh that's the backbone all right so yeah i have the USB-C iphone so i had to get a USB-C backbone uh and yeah alt store install emulations on mm -hmm. them i'm good very nice so we've got we've got some more uh, Steam Deck conversation for you in just a minute here, but let me remind you that this episode of the Steam Deck podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of October. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Sobe, Pilkey, Snackago, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. Y'all the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to go and check out some of those shows, like maybe you want to go check out the episode we did with Chris about the state of the Switch survey, if you haven't already, right? Go check that one out. If you want to write in for the question block, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Steam Docket. Uh, recently rebranded that one, Kevin. Uh, for the okay. Steam Docket, like folks did, uh, for that we're going to jump into in just a second here. Uh, or if you want to go and show your support, just like those Patreon producers did and help keep these mics and lights hot, you can do all that and much more by heading over to our website, flipscreen.games. Head over there, click on some stuff, however you choose to get involved. It helps us out a ton. And unless you want to go and show your support on Patreon, it won't cost you a pretty penny. So go get involved right into the show. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get back to the show here. So we're going we're gonna to jump into the Steam Docket. We got a couple questions from the listeners that I, I want to make sure we get to. What's up, Steve? You got something? I was going to say, before we get away from INEO too much, what was the deal with the like leaking of the Flip DS? Did you yeah. see about that? Yes. Um, so, well, I'll just talk about it. Uh, they tried to put it, pull it as a leak. So they basically sent out, it was basically that marketing person just sent out an email saying, hey, here's a leak. Uh, that was just like <laughs> that's a press release, my guy. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Uh, and so we got that email too, and we decided we will not run it as a leak because it's not a leak. That's not how that works. Uh, um, and then I saw day after how the Verge covered it, how the Lily Putting call covered it, saying like, yeah, they want to call it a leak, but it's not a leak. So we called them out for calling it a leak. But basically, it was just like, here's some information. Here are pictures. Leak it. Even though Bizarre. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that was a w weird marketing tactic that I didn't I'll tell you what. We weird tactics aside, I love this idea. That is another effect, yeah. Like, what the hell, right? Like, it's impossible to, I mean, like, it's not, but it's a huge pain to emulate any DS or 3DS games. So having a dedicated device that you could do those things on, and then, like, for, like, content creators and stuff, right? Because, like, historically, they those have been two of the hardest consoles to capture footage on. Like, oh, True. my God, what an amazing advantage this thing will be for for uh, those who are inclined. That was, what was the device called? Microsoft Surface Duo, is that the one that has, yeah. it's basically the dual screen, but it's not like the, the new flip phones, but it has like the actual yeah, bevel, the bands. the bands, you see it. And I wanted to get that only to be able to emulate uh, DS and 3DS games because I like what the DS and 3DS was, but well, the not even Microsoft supports that device anymore. So uh, <laughs> I'm happy I didn't get that, but I'm very, very intrigued by the, uh, what do they call it? AR Neo Flip DS. Flip DS. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is, I uh, mean, I might pick one of these up, honestly. Yeah. Um, just because, again, right? Like, I have a 3DS, but, um, you know, I have, a, I have a launch 3DS. It would be nice to have something that's got a higher screen quality and that I can play my whole DS and, and 3DS library on. Also, yeah. it uses the 7840U, which is the ch chip currently used by all these manufacturers, and that can like emulate DS games easily at like six, seven, eight times the internal resolution. So Love it that. would probably be the way, uh, the best way DS and 3DS games have ever looked on a portable device. So um, I'm also quite interested by that, but I kind of feel like the Nintendo Ninjas might come around just to say, hey, that DS in your name, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I and EO, because I know you're listening, because we're going to send you this episode when we pitch the I and EO podcast. What's up? You want to send us some flips? I mean, I'll fight the Nintendo Ninjas. They got my <laughs> number already. They're already coming for me. I'm regularly on a podcast called Nintendo Noise saying that emulation isn't bad. So what are we going to do? You know, come on. Send us a flip. <laughs> I, I don't know about the flip. Like I, I wasn't sure when they did the one with the keyboard. I was like, I, I don't find, I don't feel like that keyboard is going to be particularly useful on a regular. You want to play Nokia games, Steve? Come on! Like I kind of get it because it competes with the GPD stuff, and it is, yeah. it's a different form factor. This, the dual screen one makes a lot more sense. I can't stop looking at it and thinking it looks like a, a controller for a drone or something. Like it, it does not look like a handheld console to me. It looks like something from D DJI. <laughs> That's Fair true. Enough. Actually, now you should say that it uh, does give off these vibes. Still, I mean, yeah. it, it feels it fills a niche. You know, yeah, we that is about true. The, um... I don't think anybody else did did something like that where you could say native native uh, yeah. DS and 3DS uh, emulation. Not like this. Now that Not has like, like joysticks true. and buttons and, you know, yeah. it's like, imagine having a decent console to play Kid Icarus Uprising on. What a world. I got to give it to ANU though. Their handhelds are freaking beautiful. They are mm. well-designed. They are of high quality. They have a higher price. Uh, but every time I have like the 2S or the L1S in my hand, I just like feel like, these look good. Like I if you care about design, the, they are well-designed. It's and they, I really, they, that one has a really nice aesthetic. And I think it's cool that they're like starting to like niche down a little bit and be like, we're going to make this like super, super light pocket edition that's specifically aimed at retro gaming. We're going to make this DS thing that's targeting the 3DS and the 2DS. We're going to have this super high end device. Like 
it's cool that it seems like they're kind of trying to push the boundaries and see like what are the areas that they can or what are the niches that they can fill you know and like how can they um expand out like their line to do more unique and interesting things i also think they have to because now that uh the steam deck first and then the rog ally next open up the floodgates for all these other laptop companies basically and uh, pc manufacturers to come on the market and say like okay we can work with amd get like this uh, z1 extreme chip put it in everything we do we have lenovo coming probably gigabyte is something working on something alienware might be working on something so that segment there that 600 dollar price point for devices like these i feel like this that will become very very crowded by these yeah. big players so you have these little boutique shops um i don't know if boutique is the correct term but these little shops like aneo gpd uh, ayn they all have to come in and do something different otherwise they will just like why should i go for you pay 300 or for 500 us dollars more if i can get the same or more or less the same by one of these big brands where i can just like literally walk into a shop and if it doesn't work i can bring it literally to that shop and say hey i have a problem that's something that steve brought up um i think when they announced the coon um which was yeah. that like there's also the pressure for them that like their business model is selling hardware right whereas like for yeah. valve you know they don't really need to make money on the steam deck right like and you know gabe newell has said that like creating the the 64 gigabyte model was, was like painful. was painful financially yeah. right but it's like uh you they're they're doing the traditional console model right you sell the hardware at a loss and then you lock people in on the storefront and like for an INEO, like they don't have that option. So like coming up with these more, um, you know, like you said, boutique uh, experiences, I think like does end up serving them, right? Because like, I won't buy their $600 Steam Deck competitor because I don't see the need. And we've, we've talked a lot about these things as like why none of them are real Steam Deck killers is that like, I want the one that's supported by Valve and that's going to have the constant innovation and iteration from Valve, not oh, this is the one we put out this year and it'll be obsolete next year, right? Whereas like something like the Pocket, something like the um, the Flip, like those do speak to me because they fit very specific niche use cases that I have as a very specific niche gamer, you know? I think the price point is, is interesting, especially because there's one thing that stood out in the survey that the number one reason people didn't own a Steam Deck was the price point. Yeah. That's obviously significantly cheaper than I and Neo's devices. You're not going to go for an INEO device. You're not going to be able to compete with Steam if if people are even saying that the Steam Deck's too expensive. Price is the problem, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so let's jump into the Steam docket. We got some questions I wanna I wanna get answered here. This first one comes from Team Linux One, who said, "How much interest is there for running another Linux distro on the Steam Deck? I know it is more for tinkerers. The Steam Deck seems to attract tinkerers. I have personally tried Nobara Steam Deck Edition." and Bazazite, Bazite, it's Bazite, on the deck at different points. I have moved back to SteamOS at the moment, but Bazite is improving rapidly. Is that something that you, you saw a conversation about, Kevin? So that was a question that I actually didn't ask, where I felt like that was my bias coming through. I'm not a Linux person. So when I saw, when I, I asked people, how many of you run Windows, which is a very tiny percentage of the people that uh, answered. I think it's like in the one percentage. And how many people of you considered that was 
a bit higher but i didn't think of asking for another steam uh, for another linux operating system for, because for me that is just steam OS. why would you install anything else but we got feedback not a lot but i feel like the feedback we got were from the vocal fuse that said like i mm -hmm. run another uh, linux operating system on it and i'm like okay i completely didn't see that i didn't like think of that as an option uh, so this is definitely a, uh, a question we will include next year. But yeah, there were a few people, not a lot, but they were very loud <laughs> and uh, yeah. sharing their feedback. I, uh, I I do love that about about my experiences with the Linux community so far. Is like it is a there are uh, there are dozens of you out there, but you are you are diehard uh, fans, and I love that. I really do. Um, I know Linux a lot of people them. really like um, Batasera. Which I don't think is uh, may, might be Linux based. I kind of thought it was Android based, but a lot of, you can boot that off of an SD card, and people yep. kind of have that as like a, an emulation thing that they've got it all set up and they just shove it in and they boot into that when they want to emulate. They boot into SteamOS when they want to do everything else. Yeah, I think it's Linux based, but I think the way uh, I know Russ from Retro Game Core, uh, he does that where he just has a USB uh, drive with. Uh, yeah, USB drive with. Not a lot, I think. Actually, like 32 or 64, something small, and uh, just uh, has Beto Beto Serra, Beto Chera, Beto Chera uh, running on it, and just boots into that formulation. So that is uh, one of the other questions we will uh, like. One of the options we will add: Are you actually running this? Maybe, uh, and then mm -hmm. add the field like, how do you use it? I, I don't know if either of you know the answer to this, but what is the advantage of running? I'll say Batacera, uh, <laughs> amalgamation of some of the names we threw out there, I think, um, for emulation when you have something like Emudeck as an option. Like, why, why would you want to launch a different OS specifically for emulation? I think I have an answer. Uh, maybe it's not the correct one, so uh, see if you can correct me if, it's, if you know better. Uh, I think it's just the plug-and-play uh, way of it. You can just have, like, your whole library on one stick, and then wherever you go, you just stick it in. That sounds weird uh and can play all your emulation on there and i think it's just like that you can be at a friend's place uh, have a controller with you gotcha. and then just okay. usb stick and then steam deck usb stick uh maybe on your own machine something on uh, connected to the tv usb stick i guess you could leave it plugged into your dock or something like that yeah for example true and then That's like cool. okay i have like a uh 512 gig uh i have multiple uh, micro sd cards i have a 512 gig one that is like 80% emulation. So if I ever want to like install a bigger game on my Steam, like a bigger Steam game in my library, and I don't have internal space, I'm like, okay, what ROM do I have to allow load to something else? <laughs> so that would get around that uh, around that way. If you just had that USB USB thing, I actually need to try that. Maybe that's a guide. Maybe that's a guide. That's yeah. definitely a guide. Yeah. I think there uh, a lot of people find it lighter weight. It's a familiar interface if they've used Batsero on other devices before. And I think some of the emulation can even run a little bit better or a little bit more accurate than it can on on through Emudeck at times. Mm. There you go. Good to know. Well, thanks for the uh, the illumination. All right. So this next question comes from Ecole Five, who says. Filled out this survey and loved seeing the results. I used my deck as a chance to upgrade out of my PS4 and actually play games again now. Uh, now that I now that I have kids, I believe is, is what uh, Cole's trying to say there. Um, however, I don't have a gaming PC, and during the times I want to play docked, I'm limited by the lack of Thunderbolt compatibility, among other issues with one uh, USB-C port. I would have liked to see that as an option for improving the deck. 
I've heard plenty about the doc experience on the pod. Yes, you have. Uh, are you talking at all with Valve? Something like an updated port seems similar to their Wi-Fi upgrade. Do you see Valve tinkering with the deck in that way? So one thing, I nowadays I don't understand when a manufacturer comes along and just says I just use one USB C plug. I'm like, I'm now so used to having two, which in my eyes is the minimum. So I can at least charge and plug anything else in. Uh, when you're not using a dock, uh, and I mean, you don't want to use a dock and then still hold your, your Steam Deck in hand and then have a dock like sticking uh, below it. Um, so yeah, that is definitely one thing that I hope they will change for the next revision. I really wish it had one on the bottom. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, top and the, bond, yeah, leave the top one for accessories or whatever, but like having to plug the charger in the top yeah, while you're using one. it, it's just so awkward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I have like, I don't know how many of this right-angled USB-C adapters where basically just like stick a cable in it and it's just right-angled just to like get around when I'm lying on the couch because otherwise it would just have like a very long cable sticking out. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I definitely hope they will do something uh, with that in the future. As for other plugs or like other type of connections, I'm actually, that is like one of my big Steam Deck 2 wish lists is that we get somehow eGPU support in a sense or another. That is like one of my big wishes that I hope they will do. I don't know how that's feasible with the uh, AMD chip they are using if they need to do like weird magic. Also, no, they can, they can do it. Like you can run an eGPU through the PCIe where the AMD okay. goes into. So okay. you can convert the M2 slot to a PCIe and you can run it that way. But then obviously True. you've only got one slot. You've got nowhere yeah. to run storage. So they could put an Oculink on there if they add another PCIe lane. Um, whether they do that or not, I don't know. I would love an Oculink connector on there, which would be great. Yeah, same. As, or like any other connection for eGPU. I think the new Thunderbolt yeah. standard. Thunderbolt, be, yeah. What yeah. is it? Thunderbolt 5, I think, is the, the current, the, the next one. That's right. And Yeah, and yeah. I think that is I think much, much faster. as well. Yeah. But uh, that is definitely one because that would, that is like one I have with. If you watch on YouTube, you see how many handhelds I have behind me, and this, these are not even <laughs> all. Uh, but that's like one of the big things where I feel like I would potentially even replace my gaming PC because I have a gaming PC that is just that a gaming PC, and I would just have a eGPU that I don't know if it's in a box, uh, preferably with a top handle, so that I can just like put in have it on the desk and say, okay, now I play on the desk like a first-person shooter and now yeah. I want to play something on the 4K TV and I just move that eGPU and connect my handheld to that. So That's the that, dream. Yeah, and that is like the ROG Ally, which has an eGPU dock, but it's the weird eGPUs, which are which is not on them, but on NVIDIA, which are mobile GPUs just in an enclosure. So it's not even the full 490. It's a, a, a laptop 490, uh, 4090, which is okay but what i want to do again my website is called overkill my company is called overkill media <laughs> i just have overkill i don't have a 4090 but that would be what i would do so yeah an egp would definitely be uh my that's my biggest wish in uh well technically any handhelds but yeah in the steam deck yeah i think mine too um so i want to know really to wrap up what excites you about the future of handheld PC? Have you seen anything that you're just like, this This really excites me. I, I love this direction that it's going in. I love that specific device. Or just in general, like obviously you've got a dedicated website to this. Um, 
what is it that kind of and gets you interested in in this form factor and i'll just tack this on as as a part of this um because this is the steam deck podcast close out your thoughts answering that question with what you would want to see in a steam deck too what what okay. would what would it what aside would it from need the to do? yeah aside right, from right aside from that and you can include that on the list but what would it need to have to become your go-to device in the way that you know the Ionia one is for you right now. Yeah, currently, to I currently uh, I don't even use the Steam Deck that much. I use the Steam Deck as a work device in the sense of that I try stuff, look how it runs, test stuff, review games. But when I'm like not working, uh, knowing that Overkill is just like my side gig, but when I'm not over uh, not Overkilling, not working, uh, <laughs> I don't grab the Steam Deck as a first device, uh, which is just because I actually find it nowadays a bit too large. So that's why I said the Aya Neo Kun uh, scares me. I find it a bit too large. Also, I don't use the trackpad. So to me, the trackpads can be removed. I wouldn't mind that much. Uh, sorry, all Steam Deck fans. I know that <laughs> you will hate me now. Um, <laughs> in general, I don't think there's one device that I would say I find very, very interesting. But I am really happy about where the whole industry is currently going to we had like a first real handheld again was the switch but the switch is underpowered i mean it for the power it has it can do quite a lot of stuff that is quite surprising i am still surprised how well tears of the kingdom runs on that thing um but then for steam or for valve to come in and say hey we are actually bringing a full-fledged pc to this and then you have our uh, asus following you have lenovo following again i am completely convinced gigabyte and alienware are coming the the market is all of a sudden there's big interest you have a lot of eyeballs on this uh, and so i feel like over time it will a lot of brands and not just smaller brands like gpd and anu and so on a lot of brands will have pcs laptops and handhelds and so i'm very interested in seeing where this goes also the power of these things is just getting better uh, just getting better and better uh, we have more and more performance package small chip packages um you just look at the apple side where with the m1 m2 m3 chips these are tiny chips very power very powerful but resource friendly and so i feel like we the whole the whole industry is going in a very interesting direction that i am uh, very interested in following and reporting on as for steam deck 2 uh, except egpu uh, definitely a OLED screen i am just I love OLED screens. Obviously, I don't think anybody don't doesn't like OLED screens. Uh, it can be more powerful. Uh, bigger battery life doesn't actually um, it's not a problem to me because I mostly play somewhere where I'm next to a plug. If you watch this on YouTube, there's one and that is just like one <laughs> of uh, sixteen in this room alone or something like that. I have like everywhere plugs, um, and I think a second USB. That like if they bring a device like the next generation has OLED. A second USB-C, if it's more powerful, that depends on when they release it. Uh, and maybe one of them can do eGPU. I would like not even think. I would just like, here's my credit card. Shut up. Send it. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we have a very, very similar short list of what we're, what we're hoping. This is also what most people ask. Most people ask. I actually said, like, don't ask about, don't even say performance because that's obvious. Uh, what is the other thing? It's like OLED and bigger battery, which might yeah. not go hand in hand, yep. but uh, these are like the, the right. two big ones. And then these are not in there, but I can tell you the next one, third place, a second USB-C plug. 
uh, then followed by higher resolution screen. Some people want a smaller form factor. Then there were actually 70 people, which was surprising to me, that wanted to, to default to Windows. Uh, next place, clamshell device, and then a few people, 13, that wanted a different controller layout. I think it was something I would want is a VRR display as well. Have you found using the RAG that that is beneficial to you? I find it... I don't actually know of the VRR part. I just find it beneficial that it goes up to 144 hertz. So mm -hmm. I actually say that that feels smoother. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with games actually running locally on the thing. I mostly have like streamed and then they just like, oh, I have a 3070 and that can like push that easily. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, higher refresh rate would be cool. Also one thing, and I don't know how much of a difference that makes because it runs Linux and Proton and so on. Maybe a natively landscape panel because right now it's using a portrait panel that is just turned into the firmware into landscape. Maybe that would also help with refresh rate and so on. But I uh, don't have a strong opinion on that front. Give me OLED. Then at least 60 hertz. The rest uh, we can discuss. We can uh, talk about it. <laughs> Gabe, get in touch. <laughs> get in touch, Gabe. All right. So uh, before we head out, big thank you again, Kevin. Thanks for coming and hanging Thanks out with us. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. You're you're welcome. Anytime you want to come and uh, talk smack about the Steam Deck, I'd gladly sure. join again. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the folks <laughs> would love to hear uh, hear you talk about some of the other devices. Um, so let let people know where they can find you. Let them know where they can find Overkill and all the cool work that you guys are doing. So easiest to find us is overkill.wtf. That's where you find us, uh, the website. Then if you go to youtube.com slash at overkillwtf, all in one, that's where I start putting up more and more reviews. And for me personally, I'm currently on the, on the, how to say, I don't really like social media currently. It just all annoys me. That makes uh, sense. So uh, mostly overkill. Find me through overkill. That's the easiest way. All right, well, we'll have a link down below. So everybody, make sure you go and give them a click. Go check out the uh, the rest of the state of Steam Deck 2023 results uh, because there's a bunch of other data in there that we you know we didn't even get to touch on. So make sure you go check on that because uh, it is well worth your time. And make sure you keep it tuned for next year's survey and you go and uh, follow along so that you're ready to participate for next year. Because let's, I want to see those numbers triple again, get up to 9,000 for next year. Let's do me it. Me too. I mean, it will be much more work to go through them, but yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it will only become more questions. That's like the thing. It will just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so at a certain point, I'm like, okay, help. But uh, so far, I'm managing. Awesome. Well, uh, I look forward to the next time we can chat, Kevin. Thanks again for joining us. Remember, guys, if you want to uh, show your support for the show, if you want to write into the Steam docket like folks did this week, or if you want to go check out some of the other cool content we've got for you all across the web, head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to all that and much, much more. However you choose to show your support or join the community, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. All the way over there has been Kevin. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>